HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. This week on Meet and 3, it's our 100th episode. We're breaking the mold to kick off our mini-series on global trade. Vegetable, fruits, grains, and cooking technique pass from one region to another. And that's interesting that that region transformed that ingredient into their own specialties. There was a time where black pepper was a luxury. And we know that because people were willing to invest huge amounts of money to go to the Spice Islands in order to get uh, pepper. <laughs> you know, stuff we take for granted now. You know, you go into a restaurant and it's free. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one of your hosts, Darren Bresnitz. Happy MLK weekend. I hope everyone is staying safe and staying sane. Take some time to check in with yourself, with your friends and family and loved ones. And if you have a little bit of extra time, please, please do some social justice or get involved, however you define it, because a little goes a long way. I know that we are in the depth and the throes of this terrible pandemic, and it's been an absolute devastation on the restaurant industry, but sometimes something really beautiful can come out of such terrible darkness. And 10 Days Regarding Her, a new festival starting in LA on January 21st, is one of those beautiful things. We sit down with co-owner of All Day Baby, Lynn Ta, and co-owner of Botanica, Heather Sperling, to talk about the festival, to talk how it got started, to give a little bit of context of what's going on in the actual restaurant industry. And it's really inspiring. It's really, really, really a beautiful conversation. I was so happy that they made time for us leading up to the actual uh, festival itself. And then we go into the actual archives. We are so excited to have one of our favorite people, Annie Hart. She is just an absolute dream and has been on the show quite a few times. She has some new music out, which is just so beautiful and so lovely. So check it out. It's a really fun performance and a great conversation from her. So please... Sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes.
Lynn, Heather, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know that anything that is a few weeks before a festival is precious time. So appreciate you making time for us. Thank you. So psyched to be here. Likewise, it's a pleasure. Um, so before we, we get into the festival itself, I want to give the listeners a little bit of context about the current state of women working in food. And to be honest, women working in general. I you know saw some of the numbers that came out this week that a lot of the numbers who have worked uh, and left the workforce during the pandemic has been somewhere up to 90 to 100% of women. So what insights can you share? What's the current state of women, if not in general, in the workforce than in the food world? Lynn, do you want to start and I'll chime in? <laughs> sure. Um, yes, globally, from what I understand, um, you're right, Darren. I do believe that a lot of women are making tough decisions and um, they're having to choose between a career, working at home or working at home by teaching and caring for their families and their children. Um, so a lot of the times, obviously, what makes sense is that women are choosing their families over their occupations. I think what is different about the restaurant industry is that sometimes our restaurants are our children as well. And so what we're discovering is that lots of women are still um, in this workforce um, that Heather and I are in as well together. And what's surprising, certainly, by all of us getting together in this new organization is actually the number of women that there are, certainly in just one city and, you know, imagine all the other cities across the U.S. Um, and what we thought would be pretty great was if we tried to connect and weave together uh, all of the sisters of Los Angeles. And what we've come to discover is that there are a lot of us. Yeah, it's, you know, it's indisputable that women in the workforce, especially mothers in the workforce are not well supported. And in the restaurant industry, the, the restaurant industry is an extreme example. Um, the hours of the industry, the emotional, mental, physical requirements of being in this industry are just extreme and are, are frankly not conducive um, to being a working mother. And that was the base level reality before we even sprinkled a global industry destroying pandemic on top sure. of it. And, you know, it's, I think CNN just came out. One of the numbers that you were referencing is that the U.S. economy lost 140,000 jobs last month in December. Yes, that's and, the number. Yeah. And all of them were held by women, which obviously, you know, I'm a little curious about where that statistics uh, come from. Yes. But I mean, I'm sure the percentage is high, but I'm like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, but the takeaway is that women yeah. are disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. The restaurant industry is disproportionately impacted by this pandemic. And as Lynn was saying, it's been incredible through our, our work um, starting this new LA nonprofit regarding her. It's been incredible to see how many women there are in LA still working in their restaurants busting their asses in their restaurants. And we want to do whatever we can to help keep them there. We want to help our own businesses survive. And we want to help these women feel supported and empowered because it, that support and empowerment is certainly not coming from our government, mm -hmm. city, state, or local. 
Um, so, you know, what, what we're seeing is that to, to try to get through this, whether you're in the restaurant industry or any other industry industry that's, that's struggling. Um, but especially in the restaurant industry where there has been just an absolute lack of any industry specific support on a national level and paltry support on the state level, the only way to get through it, especially to support women is band together, bootstrap it and figure out how we can share resources, how we can shine a light on these businesses so that we don't lose more of these incredible people who are a huge part of what make LA's food scene so special and also give it such personality, such character and such passion. I mean, you know, COVID has obviously upended the entire industry, but there has been a bigger shift and really hard look at the industry over the last few years with the Me Too movement and looking at equality, work-life balance support that you brought up as well. In fact, you know, Hannah Selinger's story about working for David Chang and seeing the David Chang getting recognized for this memoir and yet the reality of who paid the cost for that really is just so prevalent now. And even more so with COVID, right? I mean, there's nothing to hide behind. There's no glamour. We talked about it a little bit, like that sort of gloss that people look for and that fantasy that comes to restaurants has come off um, and exposed a lot of problems. So how are you working together to change that, to support each other? Um, which I know is a bit of a, a wide ranging question, but everything's really come to a head, right? You know, it, it, it started with a social movement and now there's a pandemic but you're not sitting back and taking it lying down. In fact, you're, you're working together to change as a community. So what are the most important things that you want to see changed and how do you climb out of this really tough situation for the restaurant industry? I mean, the way that I look at it and I, I think Heather see, you know, sees things similarly, we're all just trying to survive and almost take it day by day. And so mm-hmm. what we, what we know we need every day is, um, is, a community. We need people to come in and literally buy our food. And so sometimes what happens in these types of uh, moments of paralysis that can happen to all of us, um, like what is what we're experiencing through this pandemic, is we need um, extra nudges. You know, we need to get out of a comfort zone. We need to um, see that there are other options, other ways of supporting. I think it's so easy. And we've all been there throughout this entire pandemic where we like, how do we help? And it the answer is quite easy, but now what we're trying to do with our organization is to further illuminate more people. So instead of just usual suspects of like maybe who you in your own household, you enjoy supporting, you know, three small businesses, let's say, you know, the point of our organization and the festival 10 days regarding her is to expand our minds and actually literally see and be nudged to try and support other businesses, either within your own neighborhood, if that is, if those are limitations that you have for this pandemic, or perhaps you are expanding and, you know, visiting another restaurant in a different neighborhood that you wouldn't normally know about. And we're, Sometimes we just need to be told what to do, and we're just trying to say, "Hey, these mm-hmm. are ten. These are ten days, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to choose ten restaurants or whatever you're going to do, <laughs> and you're going to go to these places and support them. Meet the women behind these amazing meals, these beverages, these provisions, merchandise, um, and and feel and we because we all want to help. I mean, that is a universal 
uh, need, I see, or wish of all of our, our guests. I mean, we've just been leaning on our guest community for our individual restaurants' survivals. And they all very much want to stand up and do their part, which has been a really beautiful thing to see. And, you know, I think, and I imagine Lynn and everyone um, who's involved in regarding her would agree, I think women should be and need to be the future of the restaurant industry Mm. for so many reasons, including what you were mentioning with the Me Too movement. And as our industry moves very necessarily um, away from the problematic legacy of Mm -hmm. the, you know, ego chef French brigade system from which the restaurant world is modern restaurant world is descended. And, you know, I've worked before I opened Botanica um, three years ago, four, I don't know what time is anymore, three, four years ago, (laughs) before I opened to Botanica, I was an editor for food publications. I wrote about restaurants for specifically for a decade. So between that and between my work with Botanica, I have spoken with, collaborated with, worked with so many different people in the restaurant world. And, you know, obviously people fall along every end of the spectrum, but I will, mm-hmm. I do feel very comfortable making the generalized statement that women bring respect care and a more holistic view to their businesses, especially in the restaurant world, than, than most. And I think that needs to be the future of the future of what our industry is. It's been an industry that's lacked sustainability, that's lacked a holistic approach to its staff, to its community. And it, this pandemic is, you know, an even bigger wake up call on top of the Me Too movement to, you know, what what the values of a business should be if they want to be a great and meaningful member of their community. And I definitely see women as the ones who um, who should lead that charge and, and are equipped to lead that charge. And it's been amazing with, with what Lynn and I and the other board members have seen since, since we started working on regarding her in earnest a couple months ago, the amount of love and appreciation that um, is swirling around this community that that we're starting to create is unbelievable. Uh, you know, amongst the board, amongst the participants, and what they're you know even what they're writing about other restaurants as they just submit our simple like bio form where we have a couple questions about other restaurants in LA and what they love about being a restaurateur. The positivity, energy, and love that they bring to their work is incredible. And I think that that is something that is is really is pretty distinctly feminine and really precious and needs to be preserved and supported and nurtured. I agree I with that. you, Heather. I mean, it's because I think, you know, looking back, we opened our restaurants at similar times. I mm-hmm. I believe I opened mine in 2016, if I'm to remember correctly. And <laughs> if I were to Judge that time and compare it to now. I mean, there there is an isolation sometimes about being a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think people look at our community and they're like, oh, they're so collaborative and everybody knows each other. And the truth is, is that we just never made the time because we're all so busy running, you know, exceptionally difficult um, jobs and restaurants. And maybe even you know the mentality before maybe even leaned on a competitive edge. And I don't know if you know that's something that men set the precedent of having or what have you. But what's nice about this time that we've begun regarding her 
is that we're actually calling each other and helping each other. And it could be as simple as, do you have a plumber that you can recommend to me? Or I got a COVID case at my restaurant. What did you do? And and the fact that there's a safety to that, that we can lean on each other. And in this time, you know, Heather and I are lucky that we have known each other for many years, but then we've been meeting so many new women and, and I'm and I'm happy that they can feel that they can reach out, especially these new restaurateurs that have just opened even within the pandemic's time. So I think the, that sense of care that Heather is talking about is something that we embody um, and we and we can sort of usher it forward to, to, to set the example and more women can be like this and maybe even men too. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing that when you're in the community, you think it's all connected, but it wasn't really until like the formation of something like the IRC when you realize, oh, it hasn't been as unified, at least formally, other than, oh, we we all exist and have taken on this monumental task of the same business, which is running a restaurant. Um, I know you both talked a lot about community, and, and I want to get one more question in before we go to the break. But um, obviously, the community in LA has come together from the restaurant side in just such a beautiful and amazing way, as you alluded to. What is one story or, or one thing that you each experienced that surprised you from the community over the last few months that you could share that gives a little bit of hope to both what we expect in the future and sort of what we can expect from the festival? I think for me at All Day Baby, um, what was so surprising was the sense of consistency that I would see from a guest and one would call that becoming a regular and and I say that because All Day Baby was such a new restaurant we were only open Mm. three and a half months before we uh, were forced to close on March 15th and we like many other people furloughed our whole staff um, including ourselves me and my business partner Jonathan Um, but we would work and activate in this way and hold online sales for biscuits and what have you but the, I, I would see guests, and I continue to mm. see guests in some ways daily or weekly. And I, I have a photographic memory when it comes to names. And so I just see these names over and over and over again. And that's just not something, no matter what kind of restaurant you have in the past, that you would see someone every single day at, 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 you know, at a $13 biscuit sandwich restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that we would do, please donate to this so that we can feed families in Watts. Or I'm going to do a cocktail delivery and I'm going to drive cocktails to myself and include voter information. I mean, people bought it all. Like if you just I asked, it. It was, it's, I mean, it's astonishing. And I'm never, ever going to forget this time or those people. And I owe so many thank you notes on that note. Mm. <laughs> I love that. I think for me, the, th- the first thing that comes to mind is actually our internal community with our staff. You know, the, the way our... To to see a restaurant staff navigate this, and this in our staff is very pretty broadly representative in terms of demographic, socioeconomic background, level of education, everything, what have you. You know, a restaurant is a really hodgepodge, polyglot business mm. by nature, and to see the way the staff has so gracefully and so bravely and um, just supportively navigated all of this when, you know, they had the rug pulled out from under their feet. Um, And this is everyone from, 
you know, the mid thirties person who is a incredible musician who, you know, supplements their life by being a server to the 60 year old dishwasher, non-English speaking immigrant from Mexico, who's worked with us from day one, um, you know, their, their livelihood was thrown into such jeopardy, which as owners, um, you know, in many cases, our livelihood is thrown into jeopardy, mm-hmm. but we're also really sort of first and foremost, like scared for the existentially scared for our business itself, because we're responsible for this large group of people who really, truly rely on us. Um, and to see the way that they have come to us with appreciation and patience and understanding and the way they've supported one another um even just the way they've communicated with us during this time has just been the most heart-filling heart exploding thing for me you know all of their existences are jeopardized right now in in some way and they are navigating it with with grace and care and so much goodwill towards one another and that has been a really beautiful thing. And I mean, I can say we're open 100% right now. We are only open for our team and we are staying mm-hmm. open for our team. It's, I mean, we're so happy and gratified to be able to be feeding some of our community as well, of course, but it feels like for us, the most important thing is continuing to try to support these people and like keep a place alive for them to come back to because they've been so brave throughout all of this. Absolutely, Heather. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my heart is swelling just listening to you. I completely oh agree. Gosh, I know. And it's, and Ooh. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I should definitely have these stats memorized. I should be able to rattle them off, but I don't have them memorized. But I mean, you've seen, you've seen the statistics about how disproportionately, um, impacted the industry is in terms of unemployment and oh, all of those people who are unemployed are people, you know, most of them live paycheck to paycheck and to see the sort of, you know, to, to like, to know that it's, it's on us to try to help our businesses survive for them is both such a huge weight and also the biggest motivator that could ever exist. I love it. Uh, wow. What beautiful things to hear from you. Um, we're so many quick, feelings there. I know it's great. <laughs> it's 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 what I love about uh, talking to people in the industry who believe in it with all their heart. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play a song from the archives, and then we're going to come back and talk about everything regarding her. Here we go: a song from the archives on Snacky Tunes on Heritage Radio Network. It's more physical than skin color. 
Okay, this next song is called Giant. This next song is called Melrose. It is <laughs> it's so weird to introduce a song to nobody through your phone. <laughs> okay, I'm introducing it to my mom who's sitting in the other room. Um, this next song is called Melrose and I have not yet recorded or released it, um, but I quite like it for now.
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are talking with Lynn and Heather, and we are talking about regarding her the new ten day festival that is being well. I want to say physically generated and produced out of LA, but we'll get into the physical nature of it in a little bit. Because what I want to go back to is what did the idea start inkling? Right, that's the great thing about creating something new. It always starts with like a notion or a gut feeling and. One could argue that is what makes a great restaurant tour is that gut feeling that just drives your vision. When did this start percolating and was it an individual idea or was there like a collective feeling between people and someone brought it up and they're like, oh my God, I've been having that idea too. Oh, there's always so many feelings. I like the way you describe that. Um, I believe towards the end of October, um, there were there have always been these uh, Zoom invitations for women that own mm-hmm. restaurants to get together and get on Zoom and talk about what they're going through. And that was always being spearheaded by the lovely Dina Sampson, who mm-hmm. is the proprietress of Rosso Blue and Superfine Pizza with her husband, Steve. And Dina um, works in collaboration with the James Beard Foundation, who kind of puts these Zoom links and Zoom rooms together for us. And they, you know, they've sort of activated across I think 10 other cities in the U.S. to get women together um, to just to just talk and to support one another. And so on one of the um, initial calls uh, within the L.A. group, we also started to talk about, well, what can we do? What can we do? You know, just as women, you know, is there anything that we want to do? And it's all such a blur. And sometimes these Zoom conversations, you know, you don't know where they're going. And sometimes, you know, you're just breastfeeding your infant as far as <laughs> and all of that on Zoom. But um, when we started throwing around ideas of what we could do, um, you know, for me, my personality is that nothing ever seems like it's enough. You know, is it enough to announce that this is going to, is you know, is it special enough, so to speak? Um, and that is the question that a restaurateur is asking themselves every single day. Is this dish enough? Mm. Is this, you know, is this concept enough? Is this staff enough of a server or whatever it may be? Um, we ultimately settled on this idea that if we were to hold an event or a series of events, um, was that enough? And then eventually the idea of uh, a grant program got thrown around because the biggest thing that a restaurant needs right now is money. 
And as Heather had pointed out earlier, we haven't received any restaurant specific aid um, on the federal level and paltry amounts on the local level. And, you know, and these grants are really challenging. The ones that do come up, they're really challenging to apply for. I personally don't have time to do all of that, especially when I'm standing at a register selling catfish sandwiches. So, (laughs) you know, we were like, what if we raise a lot of money? We ask brands that still have all that money laying Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. and we tell them to give it to us because we are hardworking women and we deserve it. And we pitch it to against a festival. And essentially, if we raise enough money, if we raise $500,000 and 100 women participate in this situation, wow. then everybody gets five grand. And we'll just write these checks and it'll be fabulous. And so after one of those calls where, where all of that got born, you know, probably in the last five minutes, the call yeah. ended with... Um, well, Lynn thinks of interesting names for her restaurant. Why doesn't she think of the name for this? So I did. I you know, I had one of those in the shower sort of moments. And um, there was actually one name before regarding her and regarding her is the mutant version of that name. But we, I, I don't know, I can't speak for you, Heather, but I, I've sort of really fallen in love with regarding her. It just sort of works for a lot of it. things. That's great. Um, so great. yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> And Lynn and Dina are just doers. They are Mm. doers, the likes of which I really have rarely, if ever, seen. It is a beautiful and incredible thing to to watch and to witness. And I, I don't know exactly how the board came together. Some of those wheels were in motion before I hopped on a week or so later. This all happened very quickly, which really speaks to the fact that we, we basically, without even realizing it, we were all sitting around just desperate for something to do to help. <laughs> and so um, a, a group of us just jumped up and stood at attention um, with, with Lynn and Dina as ringleaders and started working our butts off on, on building this concept, which, as Lynn said, is, uh, is a festival, um, 10 days regarding her, featuring women-owned restaurants and food businesses across Los Angeles. Um, it's a grant program, which is in its nascent stages. We're soliciting. Mm-hmm corporate sponsorship for that. Um, we have Open Table on board as our first sponsor, which is amazing. We're also accepting public donations. So if anyone goes to the Regarding Her Food website and donates, that money will go directly into the the needy pockets of a, of an LA, of a woman-owned LA food business eventually. Um, and, and then beyond that, our goal longer term is to build a really, really useful, highly effective and meaningful um, industry organization for the women in LA. Um, we have some plans to create a mentorship program. We would like to create some shared resources that will enable enable people who are launching their first businesses, expanding their businesses, growing their business in any way to use these resources. Um, there's nothing that like this that exists. And, you know, Darren, mm-hmm. you mentioned the the IRC earlier, mm-hmm. which sprung into action and has done really, really meaningful and important lobbying work on behalf of the independent restaurant community nationally since the pandemic hit, which is amazing. Um, and it's equally deeply depressing that we never had any representation mm. um, lobby, you know, any lobbying interests prior to this. And, you know, and we don't have strong 
networking organizations. There are some national ones, um, of course, and there are some things that, you know, there are nonprofits that occasionally yeah. bring people across the city together to, you know, for one-off events. And you get to see and, you know, talk in brief snippets with some of your other restaurant owners that, that way. There's, you know, a, a Women Chefs and Restaurateurs is a national networking organization that's existed for quite a few decades at this point. But there was nothing locally that um, was able to be really meaningful and really useful. So that's what we are hoping to create. And it all starts with 10 Days Regarding Her kicking off on January 21st. You know, you allude to this before in the first segment and bringing up the IRC. And it's interesting when you look at the two sides of the same coin that is COVID for this festival. On one hand, um, it's somehow given you time to come together or at least force you together to plan something like like this, which may have been a great idea, but if things were in full swing, maybe you didn't have that extra time to plan something like this. But on the flip side, you're also planning a festival, which normally would have a physical component, at least a food festival during the pandemic. So what is the balance? How are you inspired and given the time that you have now and the force that you need to because of the pandemic, but then also plan this festival during a pandemic and keeping everyone's safety, but also making it engaging at the same time? I think you just, when something, it's just when you know, it's like falling in love with someone. Mm. <laughs> it's just, there's a sense of motivation and encouragement and I, I mean, I am working at the, I've, you know, I had to furlough all of my managers. So I'm the sole front of house mm-hmm. team member at All Day Baby. So I work in the restaurant at least 40 hours a week. And as I mentioned earlier, I do stand at that register and I sell sandwiches or pack sandwiches and staple the bags and all of that. Yeah. But, don't, don't, don't let me uh, imply that you're working any less during this <laughs> time, but it's just, you, you know, you have these ideas and you're like, oh, we have to do the restaurant. Right. This this idea came out of being like, we need to have a collective space and support each other. And that's like the the, the irony of COVID shutting everything down. It doesn't mean you're working less. So I want to, I want to make that clear that I know how much you're working right now. But I, I, I do understand what you're asking, um, which is, it's so easy to, especially in the before times to Mm. immediately go to saying, we wouldn't have time to do something like that. Why, you know, why, what is the, why? And, you know, and we find that some people might still have that thinking, but I think because the nine of us, the board members are literally the same as the other women that we're trying to reach. We're busy, we're doing our restaurants, but we're also going to come together and we're going to connect each other. So I think they just feel excited to join us too. And, um, you know, and it's sometimes it's as simple as, I'm a women-owned coffee maker, and I just launched a brand, but I can't seem to reach any restaurants. You know, I can't get them to get a meeting. You know, have a meeting with me, and and then you know, and then in the span of an hour, we connect them to all of the participating restaurants that served coffee, and now that coffee brand called Cafe Cita is now in going to be in those restaurants. And it it's it's simple things like that, and because that is such a gratifying moment for me, I just feel. I, I, we have to keep going. It motivates me even further. I thought I couldn't get up early enough, and I woke up much earlier than usual today just just to get stuff done. You know. Mm. Yeah, 
I think yeah, that extra you know. layer of showing up for community is something a little novel, which which when you are building community all around your restaurant, but to build it with all the restaurants as being the customer in many way, that's that's something that's a, a bit new these days. Mm-hmm. And you know, the nature of a of a festival in the time of pandemic is that it's it's going to be a, a little bit nebulous. It's a little mm. amorphous, and but the reality is that this is motivated by our desire to just shine as much attention on these businesses as possible, get as many people in LA and beyond as possible, thinking about women owned businesses, women owned restaurants. And if, you know, if they're in LA, order one of the specials that they're offering for the festival. Mm-hmm. If you're not in LA, tune into one of the virtual events that we're going to be having, or go onto one of these, you know, use our restaurants list on the Regarding Her Food website as a guide for for chefs and owners and restaurants to learn about. And a ton of them actually have on t- online retail and you can go on and order their sauces. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, our hope is that even though it's it's weird, we're not having one really easy to understand big, you know, in person event or like there's there's not one very specific format that everyone has to follow. Um, those sometimes are a little more easily understood and more easily digested. But it was essential to us to try to create something that would work for anyone who wanted to be involved. And really, our, the, our hope is that it just gets people to pay a little extra attention to these extra special businesses during this week and hopefully beyond. I love it. So, you know, I, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about the programming um, and everything can be found online, but what is one or two of the events that you are most excited about? Ooh, good question. There are so, so there's, many. There are so many. There's so many. That, that's that why I narrowed it down because we could spend another twenty or thirty minutes talking about it. So I'm very excited for some of the virtual events. We're going mm-hmm. to be having a a handful of really interesting conversations. Some of them are are in collaboration with Now Serving, the cookbook store in, in Chinatown them. in LA, who pre-COVID had a really robust speaker and conversation series. Um, there's going to be a conversation with Ruth Rachel and a handful of, of um, women restaurateurs and chefs in LA who are also mothers about, um, about the food scene in LA, women in LA, and also what it is to be a parent, not just to a human child, but a restaurant child. As Lynn said, when you own a restaurant, like it, it truly is a baby. Um, and interestingly, this conversation with with Ruth was inspired by something that some other women restaurateurs said to her in a prior conversation, where she, you know they were talking about balancing being a parent and being a restaurateur. And she asked how they did it, and they said, "Well, we're shitty parents." Mm. <laughs> and that that feels it, that feels like a more real choice than ever right now as a parent of both a restaurant and a human, I can say. Um, so we're going to have some great conversations. There's going to be a conversation about being second generation restaurateurs in LA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited about those as well as there's going to be so many delicious specials um, at oh, restaurants all across the city and a ton of collaborations. There are examples of two, three restaurants joining up and doing some really cool collaborative offerings. Um, One of my favorite ones is this um, 
cheese box and uh, four four women owned LA cheese shops. Those are going to be Lady and Larder, DTLA Cheese, Milk Farm, and Claremont Cheese Cave. They're coming together to form a female-founded creamery cheese box. And oh then God. also attached to that will be a virtual tasting. So then these women can then explain what the cheeses are because sometimes you're just eating these cheeses and you don't know. Um, and there's obviously a robust stories behind each of these cheeses. And so I'm, I'm personally really excited for that. And then, um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Doesn't that my sound heart, amazing? I don't know if my heart and cholesterol are as happy about it, but I, <laughs> I, I am excited. Yes. And then I know um, one of our board members, Sylvie, um, she's the owner of Love and Salt. And um, she's a generational restaurant owner. Her father, she grew up in restaurants. Her father had them. But I know she is collaborating on a um, pasta kit with Semolino Mm. Artisanal Pasta. And they're. Yes, and they're gonna make. They're gonna teach us how to make cacio e pepe, and then mm. Kim Prince, one of our other board members from Hotville Chicken, she's just gonna log on right. virtually and also cook the pasta and provide commentary and hopefully some Amazing. fun and some humor. And I, I just love all of that. She probably because she tells me all the time that her 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 game is frying chicken. So yeah. I bet she's, she's just doing, trying to learn. She's doing a special. She's doing her like secret menu taco, right? Yes. Uh, Catfish hot, hot catfish hot chicken taco uh, yes. as part of the festival too, which is ex- exciting. Yes, that's um, going to be at Sokolo with Susan Veniger and Mary Sue Milliken. And I had um, no idea she even had a secret taco menu, but it's no, tacos and taquitos. It's awesome. I mean, everything I've learned is better wrapped in a flour tortilla <laughs> or corn, whatever your preference. We're not here to judge. Um, well, listen, uh, I know that this is going to be amazing. I know that this is going to be just the start because what I'm excited about is joining virtually in 2021 and then being there in person in 2022. So I can't wait. If people want to get more information, buy tickets, order everything, what's the hub? Where can people go? They can go to our website. Um, it's regardingherfood.com slash events. It, that's going to yeah. list the whole full list of programming and activations and specials that every restaurateur is going to offer. And then there's other tabs on that fancy website too. The donate tab, the shop tab, which I know you like to shop. Well, I already have the sweatshirt. (laughs) But we have a really lovely sweatshirt, a regarding her sweatshirt that comes in both red and navy and the proceeds, the profits to that sweatshirt do go to our developing grant program. Yeah. And the grant program, which I know you touched on, is really incredible. And is there more information about um, how to apply and get, you know, if I want to get involved with the grant program, it's on the website as well. We haven't launched that part of it yet. That will be forthcoming. Right now, we're just trying to raise meaningful funds to distribute. Mm. So there's more information when you go to the grant part of the website. When you click donate, there's more information about what the program is intended to be. And right now, the way to engage with that is, of course, donate if you feel so inclined. Um, If you happen to know a a brand, a business who you think might be interested in donating in a bigger way, email us and let us know. We'd love to talk to them. And then um, our goal after we get through the festival and once we start to develop her into its more into its sort of longer mm-hmm. term self, um, we'll be launching the specifics for applying for the grant program. Amazing. Well, that's- and then also on the website forevermore, we'll live a really amazing list of, of 
the women owners and restaurateurs and chefs and women-owned restaurants in LA that have signed up to be members. Um, mm. And so that in itself is just an awesome resource. resource. Where you yeah. Just oh, yeah. Take in this, this breadth and the power and the awesomeness of the women of LA food. Yeah, I can't wait to be using that for future show concepts. So thank you for putting that together. I I deeply appreciate the research that's going into it. It's going to make life easier for story sharing later on. Awesome. Um, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I, I cannot appreciate, uh, say my appreciation more for you two running two great restaurants, but on top of that, launching everything and sharing so much great stories and emotions about the community it does warm my heart. Uh, as we head into, um, well, I mean, it's winter here, but you can never tell if it's really winter uh, in LA. Um, but thank you so much. We appreciate thank you, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Supporting we her. appreciate you. Of course, of course. And I got to say, I've been, that sweatshirt is very cozy. I say that from it's someone so who's bought right? <laughs> I've bought a lot of sweatshirts. Not a lot of people do red. Not a lot of people do red sweatshirts. Uh, so it's it's a great collection. I can justify adding something else to my already overflowing sweater drawer. Um, we have a, another song from the archives and then a live band from the archives here on Snacky Tunes on HRN. Don't you hear the water rolling down the mountain, rolling down the mountain, the mountain to the sea? Can't you feel my heartbeat? Steady as a drum, babe Steady as a drum, babe And crawling to me Oh, oh, how time moves slow And fill it in, fill it in your soul Let me hear you go Oh, 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 oh
This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. My name is Samantha Garner, and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a Cheeselandian because I take cheese seriously, just like they do in Wisconsin. Cheeselandia is a community for loud and proud cheese lovers brought to life by Wisconsin Cheese. I know that I can always cook amazing food with their cheese, and it's even good enough just to snack on. As a Cheeselandia member, I know there is always a supportive community behind me who always gets as excited as I do about cheese. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. Check us out on Instagram at Cheeselandia. It's so good. That is 100% Greg the Mind's total sweet spot for music. Um, Annie, welcome back to the Snacky Tunes. Hi. It's so good to see you. It's so nice to see you. And uh, it's so funny because when uh, Radical Dads, who are so awesome, who are also about to drop a kid. Two kids. Two kids. So many play dates. Yeah. Yeah. What? No. They're both. Mo- they're moving. Oh, they're moving. Robbie's moving to California, and then Chris and Lindsay are moving to New Jersey. So I'm just gonna cry. Oh man. I'm just gonna stay home and cry. And Heather's in San Francisco. So Heather's in San Francisco. What, what do I have left in my life? I don't know. Just like a, a handsome husband and two beautiful children, <laughs> and your music. Oh yeah, and cooking. And cooking. So I guess nothing. <laughs> um, welcome back. It's so good to see you. I always love seeing you. But it was funny because I guess you were sitting down when I saw you. And I didn't realize that you're like two weeks from dropping this kid. Yeah. Um, and then when I saw you, I was like, she is very pregnant. Yeah. But like in the most beautiful way possible. Oh, thank you. Um, so welcome. Thanks. So happy. Ditto. Solo project. Solo project. Which was a surprise. It was just on my, I think, I want to say either Facebook feed or Instagram feed or something that uh, I was like, oh, she's doing a song. And I was like, it's a good song. Oh, thank you. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. It's like Heather's gone. You can't have a trio and downgrade to a duo without betraying the essence of the trio. So you kind of just have to go it alone. You could start a new group called Heather. Heather. Heather moved away. Heather moved away, and I hate it. First song is whatever. <laughs> um, so what? So what's uh, what made you want to do the solo project? Well, it's kind of like I I started playing music because. I just have always been hypnotized by music. I've always been obsessed with just mm-hmm. playing, playing by myself. And I never thought anybody in the whole world would ever want to hear it. And then I've been encouraged over the years to either join bands or were, was literally forced to join my first band. And then, you know, I came to this place where why am I going to be alone playing synthesizers? There's more to honor the synthesizers that I've been spending so much money on than anything else. I, fe- I feel like... If you have these ideas, you should share them. Yeah. It's like honoring your sushi knife. Oh, yeah. Oh, so I told you about my sushi knife. I went to Kyoto. We were on tour. Ova Simone was on tour. I did not know that. Okay, okay go on. And we're in Japan, and I found... So there's this... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Aritsugu or something. There's like a very famous sushi knife place in Kyoto, but then apparently... That's just like the tourist trap one. Okay. But there's this dude who's like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a taxi really far out of town. He is right across from this temple. So I guess a lot of people go there. But he doesn't speak English. And you have to like, dis- he makes these knives. He forges these knives in his backyard and sells them <laughs> to anybody who wants a knife. And you got one. I got one. And it was great because I, I'm mostly vegetarian, so I mostly cut up vegetables. And we were drawing pictures and miming. He taught me how to sharpen the knife. You know, I don't know. It was great. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with this knife. 
Slice. It's so sharp. So sharp. Those cucumbers, so thin. So thin. So thin. Do you want to play a song for us? Yeah. What do you want to play for us first? Um, I guess I'll play Breathing Underwater, Breathing Underwater, even though you already played it at the intro. Yeah, but that was a recorded one. Put a little, put a little live. This is different keyboards. Okay. Um, are you all set up with your microphone and everything? Do I, to, do I have to do anything? Let me see. Let me just check. Oh, you're good. Thank you. Thanks. You can talk on that microphone. 
Yeah. 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 You like my oh, Liz is saying no. Oh, Taskmaster Liz. All right, I'm back. Oh, my goodness. I can goodness. handle this. So how is the writing process now with just you without the, the trio? I mean, are you like, you're like, I'm going to put this, this sound here. Well, I got to say, it's, it's really hard because I've been so reliant on Heather and Erica to kind of, <laughs> you are so sweet. <laughs> We're just playing musical chairs. There we go. Kind of literally. Um, <laughs> oh, I so like that. <laughs> it's it's funny because when when I work with Heather and Erica, I um I have them to rely on about like what sounds good and what doesn't sound good, mm-hmm. and we're all so brutally honest with each other that it makes it really easy to trust them and to trust yourself. But it's kind of like, oh, this sounds great. Oh, that sounds great. But I did notice that most of my songs have become incredibly simple. Really? Oh, because you're just focusing on just getting it out, or just like this sound. This song sound. This sound sounds good. Right, and then you're done. You move yeah. on. You don't have that feedback that people be like. Actually, it sounds good, but maybe. Yeah. Plus, there's not six hands. There's only like I have two hands, and yes, I'll have like ten tracks of keyboards, but you know, it's easy. It's easy. This track sounds done. Let's go. <laughs> But Next. then reco- learning time. to learning yeah. to record is really difficult. Oh, when you're by yourself. Yeah, and also dinner time is a problem because my I have my studio in my basement. Yeah, and oh, then the man. kitchen is right upstairs, and so you're just like, oh, I don't really feel like comping. You know, it'd be really great using my new Japanese chef knife. Oh it's yeah, true. <laughs> man. That I mean, it's the same creative process, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. What cooking and uh, making music? music? Totally different things. Well, I mean, I guess they both require creativity and ingredients. Okay, I'm starting to see the analogy. I don't really see it. I think it was bad, and he's trying to save it. Oh, man. <laughs> let's, let's, leave the, uh, let's leave the cooking to the chefs. Man, we have been trying to just draw this analogy between food and music for like seven or eight okay, years. Okay, so you got work- your ingredients. Okay. And if you don't have quality ingredients, it's not going to work out. Right, and if you don't have quality synthesizers, you're not going to make a hot track. Yeah, exactly. but some of the best music I've ever heard has been made on like really bad equipment. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, but but what what constitutes bad? I mean, just like you know, like instruments that people bought at like Walmart or got as gifts, but yet they did a really great job. Yeah, I'm really just trying to to to, to lay into. Dan's yeah, he's idea he's got there. it. He's, he's got it. it's cool. You're I, not I see buying him. it. I'm no, not totally buying. No, it. I've, had, I've had a lot of like <laughs> amazing meals cooked on like things that I wouldn't want to eat. George Foreman grills. I I've had a lot of not a lot, but I've had a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Thomas Keller uses them at uh, per se, right? Wouldn't know. Really? <laughs> Wouldn't know. I'm just kidding. But, uh, I'm just kidding. But, but, but Timmy down the hall in college, really oh yeah, it, and he was great. Timmy Keller. Uh, never mind. Um, so the, the the writing process is a little different. Do you enjoy do you do you enjoy the solo process and just like figuring it, like seeing where your brain takes you uh, with not being edited? I mean, it's it's cool because. I think this the schedule really suits my life. It's like, okay, I have 45 minutes at night now that I have a kid to like get stuff done. So it makes it makes rehearsing and writing a lot more free because I feel like I have this I can just do it without having to run it by anybody, so I can do it on my own time whereas before we would have to schedule something where we would all be around. And we mostly did our writing collabor- collaboratively, so you know, that takes a while. This yeah. is just more simple but i do miss them 
Oh, they're amazing women. I know. Yeah. It's weird. It's okay, but... I'm getting used to it. Yeah. You, maybe you can like a, start like a family band, like the Trackenbergs. Do you feel like that's... Child- I mean, no, I don't know about the Trackenbergs. I don't know them personally, but do you feel like that, that whole concept is kind of like child exploitation? Like, I try not to have Henry on any of my public music, public persona things. I heard Henry actually didn't want to be on your tracks. That's what I read. That's what I read in the trade. But uh, I feel like it might be like taking advantage. You don't want to do like a blue heavy track with Henry, with the new the new one. No, not really. But you know what Henry is really good for? He he is just as brutally honest as Heather and Erica. Really? Yeah. Like breathing underwater. He loved. He wanted to hear it all the time. I was. Oh, I played. I list. I looked at my iTunes. I had the demo played like eighty seven times oh, from wow, playing it in the car. For number, him. number one yeah. with a bullet, right? <laughs> no. Um, but were there other tracks where he's like, Mom, no. Yeah, he'll uh, if I play one that's like kind of a downer, he's like, mm, that's too boring. Ooh, way harsh. I know, it's I great, mean, kids though. Are, they're uh, honest, yeah. though. It's kind of like nice to hear it. It's refreshing. Yeah, I'm uh, really into it. All right, can we hear a track that he likes? Yeah. Okay, what is it? This one doesn't have a name yet. Can, can we call it Henry's song? It's about my uh, this guy I was sleeping with in high school. Let's, not, let's, definitely, not call, <laughs> let's definitely not call it Henry's song. Um, okay. Well, this this one goes to... Uh, do you want to say his name? No. No. Well, I, he was cheating on his girlfriend. You were Henry, He was like, if you sleep with me, I'm going to totally break up with her and go out with you. And then I did. And then he didn't. But we still kept on sleeping together. Still friends. No. Godfather. <laughs> Henry's godfather. <laughs> no. Uh, here we go. Annie Hart again live here on Snacky Tunes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Awesome. Very nice. Oh, yeah. So, what's the plan? EP? LP? Double I don't know. What are you supposed to do? I don't... I'm, I don't... I've, I what? put out two EPs in my entire life, and they both... No one ever listened to them, so... Yeah. I, so, are you supposed to, like, hire a publicist and print it and everything? I, you, you're the one with a successful music career. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I guess I do know what you You know do. what you did. It, the, you got flown all over the world to play your music. Yeah. So, you know... And paid. And Not paid. just the flight. And free food. Oh, my God. Oh my god, guys! You have what to go on doing? tour. Oh, oh you yeah, went on geez. tour. We saw you on tour. Yeah, saw several you. times. Yeah, and then you can also make salads in the bathroom in the dark. Oh yeah, you that remember story. that story? Oh, that story so good. You can listen. That's that's uh, from the last episode with um, Salad for President. Oh yeah, that was. I still do that, and you know, I started taking photos of my hotel salads. It's on my Instagram, Annie Hart for sure. You can see some of my hotel. Annie salads. for sure. It's it's a good it's a good gram. The gram game's good. I was pretty wasted when I came up with it. So thanks. Uh, Whatever works. Yeah. Whatever's clever, as I say. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You put an EP out. I mean, you're about to have another kid, so touring is going to be... Yeah. But also, I haven't played any concerts yet by myself. And I think it's kind of... I want to have like kind of an art element to it because I'm so used to having Heather and Erica with me where I'm like, oh, nobody's watching me, so I can just be happy and be relaxed. Oh, come on. No one's watching you. But you can, like, get into that mindset. Uh, Darren's watching. I'm watching you. (laughs) (laughs) Not not in that way. I'm like, I'm so proud of her. She's doing so well. I was thinking, I missed my cue for the song. There's a police song about that. Oh. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of songs about watching people. (laughs) Like Private Eyes. (laughs) Yeah. I hung out with my mom the other morning just in, like, Hall & Oates. It was pretty nice. Okay, so I have this thing with Hall & Oates where until I was maybe 21, I thought their name was Hauling Oats. Oh, my God. Right? And then I, found, and then I like, bought my first Hall & Oates thing, and I was like, oh, it's Hall & Oates. And oh. then, you know, I just discovered my friend sent me this link. She remembers this story because she thought I was so stupid. And then she sends me this thing. There's a Hall & Oates granola company that's getting sued as of last month by Hall & Oates. That's so good. Somebody else had that idea. It's not just me. There's a thing called call notes, which is a <laughs> a call number where you can call and they like press one, private eyes, press two, like true? rich girl. Yeah. That's just, like that they might be giant style the song. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> St- stuff when yeah, it's like, oh, they got a touchdown phone, what can we do? Yeah. I wish I had a Now if only call-in. now if only I had songs on demand. I wish that technology still existed. What do you, did you listen to? Some, wait a second. What? I, I, I'm making jokes. <laughs> I was like, what? The jokes are so bad. You don't You're on know. fire today. Yeah, on fire. But maybe that's what I should do with the music. Yeah, that'd be a fun art project. Yeah. Call this number to listen to, to the track. Yeah. Yeah, and then I could just put up demos. Yeah. And then it's not as permanent as like SoundCloud or whatever. I don't know. Spotify. It's or, true. Or you can just have Henry uh, like them up to the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um... So you're going to keep recording demos. Yeah. You're going to put out the second child. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks. And then maybe tour, EP, something like that. Yeah. Maybe, I think I'm going to play some shows in New York. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who own really cool venues. So I, I'm i going to have my friend kind of do some kind of overhead art projection cool. while I play. And I'm going to bring all my good, my best synthesizers, which I've been told by synthesizer lovers that you I am forbidden from bringing out of the house. Oh, really? Yeah, these synths I'm playing today are great synths. And talk about garbage. One of them is kind of a student start slash child model. Um, <laughs> My very first synth. <laughs> um, but 
I got some other really fancy synths that I think deserve to be showcased. And you're not supposed to take them out of the house? No, I mean, they're so delicate. They're the kind of thing that are made for studios. Like, I bet Genesis wouldn't even tour with them. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Are those fighting words? I don't know. Phil Collins. I mean, Phil, look, Phil's going to do what Phil's going to do. You know <laughs> what I mean? of sense at home. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, where can people go to SoundCloud? Oh, yeah. It's SoundCloud slash Annie hyphen heart. There's other Annie hearts out there that are not me. Imitations not to be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do we know it's you? How do you know it's me? Uh, there's a picture of me with sunglasses. Okay. Cool mom. Super cool mom. Super cool mom. Man, that wedding happening in the backyard. Yeah, there's a crazy, awesome wedding going on. No, that was my applause button for Super Cool Mom. Uh, yeah. Well, no, they were they they're with you. They like totally agree. It's all family all the time. They did a right um, acapella version of "Don't Stop Believing," which, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's wrap. They also yeah. sang, didn't they also sing um, Gloria in Excelsis Deo? When I walked in, they were singing uh, like Christmas carols. Maybe <laughs> they were doing. They were doing the, all the Jewish wedding songs. Hey man, out there. it's your wedding is <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah. It'll be yours religion. next March twenty seventh. Uh, I'm gonna just plan it around. Just uh, do I get to go to your wedding, dude? Ooh. You're gonna come to the bachelor party. I actually, that's true. I was I was speaking to somebody. I actually met. I was. I have a friend who the other day was. He got to go to a bachelor party, but he wasn't invited to that guy's wedding. That doesn't make any sense. It made he, no he, sense. To he me. Mu- he must have really fucked up during the bachelor party yeah. i think the, yeah I, no like, no i don't no no i don't i don't think it was ever part of the plan i just thought that was really strange essentially what i've learned that if you invite anyone to the pre-wedding events uh yeah you have to invite party, to the big party, deal they got to come the main the big, event yeah to the main event yes ah uh, i want to know what that was i'll what tell that? you a little bit more about it offline oh, okay wow um no you'll be coming and there's Great. an engagement uh, party we're gonna go to montreal it'll be fun i'm I can't imagine what going to Montreal with you might be like. Yes, you can, because we did it, and it was delicious, deliciously decadent, if you yeah, will. Yeah, it was crazy. Poutine was, forever. I know, it was the, the craziest blizzard I've ever experienced. We we got we drove into Montreal the day after the largest snow... F- Single snowfall. S- and ever. for Montreal, that's a lot. Wait, so it happened the day after? No, the day, we went. drove in yeah. the day before. Oh, the day before. Yeah. And we were driving around, and we eventually just had to shovel out a parking spot. We, we 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 were like driving. We got in like one at night, and we went and got like uh, God, so much shoveling dozen snow hot, that weekend. Dozen hot uh, yeah. Saint Victor bagels, and then Ooh, yeah, yeah. We were living. We, the place we had was uh, equidistant from uh, Fairmont Saint Victor. Oh my god! I used to live like right around in that area. Very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, I know. And we would just every day try out each different bagel and decide which one is our favorite but I can't see, Today I'll have a sesame and then tomorrow I'll have a sesame and then the day after that I'll have a sesame. Uh, (laughs) And they're so small. It's like you can just eat as many as you want. Oh yeah. They don't even count as bagels. No. Not like these bohemoth New York ones. No. Uh, We don't have enough time to talk about New York bagels. We can do a whole Montreal edition of this show one day. Yeah. You know what I'm looking for in New York? Hot pretzels. When are we going to start the gourmet hot pretzel brigade? Um, I don't know. I think people still are bummed on carbs. Right? No. No? I don't know. I think People there's a carb carbs. backlash. I don't know. A hot pretzel a hot pretzel and mustard bar would be phenomenal. It's true. Doing sandwiches. They used to ever go to Philly and they have like sort of like the figure eight pretzels and you cut those in half and you make that. That's your bread for a sandwich. No. Did I just explode your mind? 
you know, everybody's always like, oh, Philly's the next Williamsburg. And now I'm not kind true. of. Not true. Right. Well, obviously it's Thank not true. God. But now, but don't you, aren't you like intrigued a little by Philly? I grew up in I Philly. I love Philly. Oh, you I grew love up Philly. in Philly. I love it. Philly's wonderful. It's no sixth borough. Well, we know uh, the, the New York Times keeps telling me keeps all telling day, me. every day that the sixth borough is Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, yeah. There was another article today about New Yorkers I saw. packing up and going I saw to Los that. Angeles. But Who you know does what? that? Who packs up and moves to all LA? All my friends because I don't I'm know. Like... Maybe, maybe you, jerk. <laughs> Whatever. Have fun. Take your beard out there. Take yeah. your beard out there. Go say hi to everybody. I'm always like, oh, I haven't seen you in a couple months. Let's hang out. I'm in LA. If I sh- if Constant. You, you have uh, full permission to punch you in the face of Travis and I by matching fedoras. <gasps> I'm, just, I'm not going to punch you in the face. Whatever. <laughs> You know, it's just have fun. Just have fun. Have fun in that fedora. Maybe I'll get a bucket hat. I don't know. So many options. You're definitely getting cargo pants. Wear <laughs> uh, a KFC bucket. Yeah, definitely getting some cargo, cargo shorts. And some Tevas. Oh, uh, yeah. You, so, guess what? My toes are going to get so tan out there. <laughs> Such a jerk. Um, all right. Well, we have time for one more song. Oh, really? Do you not want to play one more song? I mean, I could. Well, you're not It's kind of a downer song. That's fine. Is that okay? Yeah. We'll just tell Henry not to listen. <laughs> um, I want to thank you. Thank you to Brutal Mag, Joe and Nick, Feeding the Fire. And on May 12th, we return for our eighth season of the Barbecue Blowout. We have the wonderful boys of Greenpoint Fish and Lobster Co. Shout out, Adam and Vinny. Shout out to those two guys doing grilled fish tacos with Gustavo Sosa. And Gustavo is going to be on Snacky Tunes next week. And we have the wonderful men of Turing Machine, uh, Justin and Scott, throw into the decks down. They took a tradition. It's the kickoff to summer. It's a kickoff to summer, May May twelfth. Ticket sales are actually really awesome. So they should be. You can go to Heritage Radio Network dot org and look for the barbecue blowout poster, Um, or if you go to BBQ Blowout May twenty fifteen dot eventbrite dot com. No one's (laughs) gonna remember that. (laughs) Just go to Heritage Network dot org and you can see the poster. Liz is Liz is thumbs up to that, shaking her head at at the. Other stuff. Um, she's really just like the, the oh man. master today. She's just, she was like, wait, if I just speak to them with a voice of authority, they're going to do whatever I say. We're like, yes, Liz. I'm sorry, Liz. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What? Oh, my God. Psyching me out. Uh, well, Annie, thank you so much. Carter, thank you as always. Pleasure. Shout out to the fam. Shout out to Anna. Uh, we'll see you next week and uh, enjoy the summer. Here we go.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.